Welcome to the Simple Faith Podcast, exploring authentic Christianity for normal people. My name is Dave Betts, and together with my wife, Sherea, we're going to explore all the things that make our faith what it is. From looking at the big picture of the Bible to exploring the tough questions that might be getting in the way of your relationship with God. We're not going to use unnecessarily churchy language, and we're not pretending that we have all the answers. And the best bit, we'll never take more than 30 minutes of your time each week. We want to keep it simple and hopefully have some fun along the way. Thanks for joining us. In this week's episode, we look at that danger of unnecessarily rigid rules, regulations, and traditions in the church. Welcome back to another episode of the Simple Faith Podcast. Uh, we have uh, a very special week this week because uh, Sherea's parents are staying with us. Now, there's one thing you have to know about Sherea's dad in particular. He just loves ice cream, like more than any other human being in the world. Isn't that right? Yeah, he loves it. It's his it's his all-time favorite thing. And no matter where we go, wherever we are, it will most likely be at the forefront of his of his brain. So Yeah, we, we went on a road trip through Europe with them last year and it was amazing. But every time we went through a new country, the first thing you would say is, what, what kind of ice cream are they famous for? And we were like, no, 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 <laughs> not all countries are famous for ice cream. Um, so that just made me think, Shreya, what is your favorite type of ice cream? What's your favorite flavor? I think probably it would ha- have to be cookie dough, but like not the, not store-bought cookie dough ice cream that you get in a pail. You have to have vanilla ice cream at home and make your own cookie dough to put in it. Because otherwise, I don't know, it's just not nearly as good. Fresh cookie dough and ice cream is the best thing ever. For me, it's a place called Dairy Queen. So if you're listening in the UK, you might not have been to a Dairy Queen. If you ever come across to these shores of North America, if you come to Canada, you need to get yourself (laughs) a Dairy Queen. If you ever come and visit us, then we will take you to a Dairy Queen. For me, it's the Peanut Buster Parfait or the Wonder Woman, what's it called? Blizzard, Wonder Woman Blizzard. Yeah. Which, okay, let me tell you about this. It's got, oh, it's got chocolate ice cream. (laughs) It's got cookie dough. It's got brownies. It's got like caramel sauce. It couldn't be more perfect. I think sometimes you can overdo it though. Like when there's too many flavors competing in the ice cream, just it gets a bit too busy. I think sometimes you just need simple vanilla and one really good other ingredient. No, but and that, vanilla and is almost like derogatory for a reason because no, it's like because something you, is vanilla it's because like it's the, boring. It's the perfect base. And then you add delicious stuff to it and then it becomes something amazing yeah okay right. sure so i disagree but that's okay <laughs> what do you think about ice cream this yeah. is completely <laughs> Let absolutely <us> <laughs> irrelevant to what we're going to be talking about today but hey i just felt like we needed a bit of a conversation about ice cream because you know what everyone needs a bit of ice cream in their lives unless you're your dairy lactose intolerant <laughs> in which case you don't want Maybe ice cream you in don't. Your life. so today um we thought we would continue our discussion from last week last week we talked about performance culture in the church. And we're doing a kind of series, but not really, uh, looking at kind of this idea of authentic church for normal people. You see, there's there's a growing number of people that see a bit of a disconnect with what the Bible teaches and what 21st century church looks like. And maybe you're in that camp. Maybe you've experienced that. And I, I think there are four responses. The first one is, ah, there's nothing wrong with the church. Don't touch it. We've got to keep it exactly the way it is. That might be you. Or 
the other response, which I think is quite dangerous too, is, oh, I'm done with church completely. Ah, it's a, I need to leave. I need to leave. And that's, that's a tragedy. We've seen friends go through that. The, the third response is actually we need to go back to house church and not do the established church. And uh, I'm not a proponent of that, but other people are. Um, or I think the, the fourth way, which is the way that uh, Shreya and I would advocate for, is we need a, a refreshing of the church, you know, a kind of mini reformation of sorts. And uh, so last week, like I say, we, we looked at performance culture and the church. We looked at, you know, this idea of, you know, big concerts and shows and dressing the right way and doing the right thing to look the part. And uh, by the way, we didn't mention it, but you should check out Preachers and Sneakers on Instagram because <laughs> if you ever want to see something that will make you cringe, do that. Preachers and Sneakers on Instagram. I'm not going to say any more than that. Just check it out. Uh, so yeah, so that's where we got to. So what are we looking at today, Sharia? This week's episode is called Rules Versus Principles, uh, which basically put simply, we're going to be looking at how we as a church even as Christians, put structures and rules in place where maybe they shouldn't be. Yeah, yeah, we're going to be fronting up and addressing some of those things that are just vital in pursuing the the vision of the church that, that God has called us to. So without further ado, let's jump in. One of the words that often gets talked about in these kinds of conversations is the word legalism. I don't know if you've ever heard that or heard about someone acting in a way that is legalistic. Well, it's probably good for us to define that before we we go on. So Shreya, could you read out some of these definitions that we've got of legalism? Yeah, uh, we've got a few definitions here. The first one we have is an online definition, and it says that legalism is excessive adherence to law or formula. Um, The Evangelical Dictionary of Biblical Theology says that it's preoccupation with form at the expense of substance. And the Dictionary of Bible Themes says that legalism is the belief that salvation demands or depends upon total obedience to the letter of the law. And unfortunately, there are churches that are overtly legalistic, that do believe that salvation demands or depends on total obedience to the law. And we just really want to emphasize today that that is not biblical and it's not from God. And we just want to talk about that. Yeah, we have no issue with calling that out because that is a sinful way of uh, teaching the Bible. And it's totally opposed to the the gospel of Jesus. So we will we want to call it out now. We're not, we're generally not too firm on those kinds of things, but this is one of those things where we will not budge on that. That's patently false. So there are a number of uh, Bible verses that we can talk about here, just to really highlight this point. So not in any particular order. Uh, John three thirty six says, "The one who believes in the Son has eternal life, but the one who rejects the Son will not see life. Instead." The wrath of God remains on him. Notice that it was about the son there. And then Ephesians 2 verses 8 to 9, it says, For you are saved by grace through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is a gift of God, not from works so that no one can boast. Yep. And Romans 5 1 says, Therefore, since we have been justified, in other words, we've been uh, made righteous, we've been declared free from sin by faith, 
we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So it's our faith, not our works, and it's through our Lord Jesus Christ. But there's more. Yeah, John 14, verse 6, it says, Jesus said to him, I'm the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So, I mean, we could go on for for hours, I think, with verses that counteract that view that you have to work to earn your salvation. That That's that's kind of the most overt, as Sharia said, the overt form of legalism, which is obviously wrong. But here's the thing. There is something much more insidious and dangerous in the Western church. It's a subtle, discreet form of legalistic behavior that can be devastating to the church. And I think it's a huge factor in putting people off of the church, especially young people. And this is Christ's bride we're, we're talking about. I'm going to go on a bit of a rant here. It, it wouldn't be a normal episode without <laughs> a Dave rant. A Dave but, rant, yeah. Uh, I, I, I often see evangelical Protestants. Now that's a, a, a big name, but that's basically the type of church groups that we're from. We see evangelical Protestants criticize all the rules and regulations in the Catholic church that don't appear to come from the Bible. And, and rightfully so, you know, the, the liturgy sometimes, the confession, and, and there's a whole bunch of other stuff like the governance structure, like the priests and bishops and dress codes and, and all that stuff. I think it's fair game to criticize some of those things that aren't biblical, but I want to call out something in the Western evangelical church. If you're part of it, like we are, and this is aiming at ourselves as well, we are guilty of doing the same thing. You know, we do, we're guilty of doing the very things we criticize. When you spend your whole life in one denomination, it's sometimes hard to tell. But I think uh, it's one of the few privileges of getting saved later in life is that uh, I got to be immune to those traditional upbringings. And I saw things as people told me, and I've had a privilege of working in uh, New Frontiers churches, Christian and Missionary Alliance churches and Baptist churches, like multiple denominations. And you know what I've seen? I've seen subtle traditions and norms that perhaps we've gotten a little too comfortable with that just aren't in the Bible. And we will get to some discussions soon uh, and we'll discuss some possible solutions to this discreetly legalistic tendency. But I think there's one more step in the process, which is talking about something that both Sharia and I found really helpful in this kind of arena. And that's the difference between rules and principles. Sharia, do you, you want to explain those a little bit? Yeah, so with rules and principles, I think it's important to understand that both of them affect our behavior, but there's some important differences that we want to talk about. So rules are often very specific and can be black and white expectations for us. So for example, maybe your boss says to you, you must arrive to work at 8 a.m. That's the rule. Maybe your school rule is you must wear a uniform. Or at universities, you know, you cannot study at this university unless you've paid your fees. And I think we all know that with rules, if you don't comply to the rules, there's punishments. So if you're late too often, you're going to be fired from your job. Um, if you don't wear your uniform to school, you'll probably be sent home. If you haven't paid your fees for your university, I mean, you're not going to be able to go to that university if you haven't paid your fees. And so in church, sometimes we can feel like there's these rules in place, you know, do A, B, and C. And then you'll be saved. And that's what your salvation is based on. And it's so wrong. Yeah. And principles are slightly different. You see, principles are much more broad ideas that shape the decisions we make. So they're kind of like rules, but a bit different. I like to think of it like this. You know, imagine you had a dog called Fluffy. Now, Fluffy's a pug, probably about two years old, well-trained. Not that I'm 
dreaming of any particular animal i would love to have a pug i just need to tell you i would love to have a pug i don't know if it's ever going to happen dave just loves any kind of animal with a squished face that's basically his one rule for <laughs> animals so true they have to look ridiculous <laughs> and then i will love them anyway so imagine you've got a pug called fluffy and you uh you need to let fluffy outside to get some some air right you have to do that well rules are a bit like taking your dog for a walk on a leash you know you're you're taking fluffy where exactly where he needs to go but you know there's there's no wiggle wiggle room you're just you're just going whereas uh principles are a bit more like going into your back garden or your backyard wherever you're you're talking we're talking to you and putting a big fence around it and allowing fluffy some time to roam free and breathe heavily to and not get lost just (laughs) just imagine fluffy being like (sighs) (sighs) yeah lots of free space so so sometimes you need rules Yes, maybe maybe Fluffy needs a longer walk. Sometimes you just want Fluffy to roam around, have some space, do his own thing. Um, I like to think of it kind of like that. Does that make make sense? I think you the key thing about principles is that you're you're defining those parameters that give opportunities to make choices. You know, Fluffy in this example, he can go, "Hey, I'm going to go to the back of the garden and I'm going to dig up something." Or maybe I'm going to run around in circles because that's what Fluffy the Pug decides he wants to do. But if you're taking Fluffy for a walk, he might get to see more, although he won't have as much freedom in those choices that he makes. So we need to be really clear here. Both rules and principles have their place. But if we get them mixed up, we then find ourselves in big trouble. And that's what happens in the church a lot. And this is where, you know, those legalistic tendencies we think can can creep in. So after this next break, we're going to talk about some examples of um, rules rather than principles in the church, maybe some legalistic thinking in the church. And then we'll talk about maybe a different way. Shreya, I've got some good examples of rules versus principles because I, you know what? I've lived through a lot of this and experienced a lot of frustration and you've experienced some of these. I know we'll get to them in a sec. <laughs> yeah. Um, I would like to share a few stories. First of all, uh, when I was at Bible school, we were going on a, uh, a tour with the worship team. Now, bear in mind, I am 26 years old at this point because I went to Bible school late and I got given a document. Bear in mind as well that I spent six years touring as a musician before before I got to Bible school. And on that document, it said, now don't forget to pack your underwear, pack your toothbrush, don't cut your toenails in front of your host. And there was a whole bunch of other things like that. <laughs> and uh, I went to the guy who was overseeing this, this tour and I said, um, do we really need this? Like the, the, all these rules are ridiculous. If you need to tell someone to bring a toothbrush, an adult, if you need to tell an adult to bring a toothbrush with them to a tour or, or to bring their underwear with them, maybe they shouldn't be coming on the tour. Maybe they're not in the place that they should be on that tour. So we changed it. And the principle was honor your host, be hygienic, <laughs> be clean. It was quite easy. Yeah. Uh, so that's the difference between a rule and a principle. Sharia, should we talk about the PDA rule. Now, I don't, by the way, I just want to say that our Bible school was the best place ever. But oh, yeah. but there was a rule there that was 
no PDA, which is no public displays of affection. And that was kind of hard for Sharia and I who started dating at Bible school. Again, I was 27, I think, when we started dating. Let's talk about that. Yeah, well, I mean, I think before we go into the story, I, I think it's one thing that we maybe should mention is just these rules, like they're put in a place for a reason. But I think often you put, you know, this solid rule where, you know, something has gone wrong in the past. So you put a rule in place to stop it from happening in the future. But it it's not always helpful and it doesn't always apply to, to all the situations, I guess. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm just going to go in and talk about it then because I think you're skirting around it. Okay. One of the rules for us was that we couldn't have any public displays of affection on campus. I mean, we couldn't hold hands or whatever. Uh, so we were genuinely encouraged to go off site to show any kind of public, like physical displays of affection to each other. <laughs> so there's one point where Shreya and I ended up driving up the side of a mountain in our car, sitting in the back seat in the dark, in the middle of nowhere, just to watch Toy Story 2 oh, it yeah. was <laughs> and you know have a have a bit of a cuddle and it was innocent nothing happened but oh boy like oh talk it looks about, so sketchy yeah talk about a rule <laughs> that being in place all we wanted to do was hold hands maybe have a bit of a cuddle and we but because we couldn't do it on campus we ended up doing something that looked super sketchy just and we were encouraged to just so we weren't doing it on campus that is an example of a rule gone wrong where the principle should be hey don't be all over each other like do you, be be people who have strong relationships and are honoring to the people around you while you're having a relationship. I'm sure there's a more succinct way to say it, but yeah, you know, just be mindful of the people around you and and if they're comfortable. Yeah, yeah, whatever. We 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 love our Bible school. Oh like, yeah, we passionately love it. This was just one of the rules that maybe we disagreed with, and perhaps it's because we had to struggle with it. Anyway, th- I mean, there's other examples. There was there's been so many examples when I was uh, a music director. I remember uh, one time our Sunday didn't go as well as it could have done. And I think it was just an administrative error. Maybe we didn't practice something properly. I can't even remember. But I remember on Tuesday morning when we were meeting, the creative arts director came in and was like, oh, what rule can we put in place to stop this from happening? And I remember being like, no, no, no. You can't just put a rule in the minute one thing goes wrong. It was just one of those things that happened. And you know, the principle there, just learn from it. <laughs> you just learn from those mistakes. There are so many other examples as well. Uh, Things like uh, one church I worked at, it was like, you have to work an exact number of hours in the office. You couldn't possibly work from home. You're not trusted to do that. Or, you know, you mustn't use your phone in in a meeting, even if it's to take notes. And I I remember saying, well, what if, you know, I just didn't use it for anything other than taking notes? And they're like, well, no, we we don't trust you to do that. And by the way, the same pastor got his phone out to take phone calls during that meeting, which was really tough for me. Um, or, you know, the rule that you can't be a pastor unless you have a seminary, seminary degree or a master's degree, or you need to be accredited or you need to be ordained to be able to do ministry. Where does it say that in the Bible? It just, it just doesn't. Now, the principle is really good. Make sure you know the word of God. Make sure that you are well-trained to do do ministry, to proclaim the gospel and to serve people, to pastor people well. That's a great principle. But the rules sometimes can get ridiculous. That rule about not using your phone. The principle is don't be distracted in the meeting. You know, honor your leaders, serve your church well or serve wherever you are well. Um, There's other examples. The Bible condemns drunkenness, but 
we often say, oh, well, you can't drink. Sheree and I don't drink, but it's because we don't like the taste of alcohol. We're, you know, there's nothing in the Bible that says you cannot drink at all. It just says don't get drunk. And we kind of put these legalistic rules in place. And, uh, you know, we talked last week about referring to someone as pastor so-and-so, but the principle is that we honor our leaders. Where did the, where did the rule about calling someone pastor this and pastor that come from? That's, it's not biblical. Uh, condemning someone for missing a Sunday, condemning someone for not giving enough or making sure that people give 10%. Well, the principle is to give <laughs> sacrificially. Where's the 10% thing come from? It's it's an Old Testament principle that is not applied to the New Testament. We're called to give way more, <laughs> but to put a percentage on it? Or there's, there's so many, just a few more. What about... Uh, the translation of the Bible, there's, there's lots of people who say, oh, well, if it's not the King James Bible, then it's not, it's not proper translation. Uh, or if we say you must only use the CSB version, I'm a, I'm a big fan of the CSB version, but you know, the principle is don't use a bad translation, but there are lots of good translations. Um, baptism classes before you get baptized. I don't remember Jesus giving baptism classes. The principle is make sure that someone is truly saved before they're baptized. That's a great principle. But the rule about doing six weeks of baptism classes, what the heck? Where did that come from? And then, and finally, this is another one, church membership. Well, where, where in the Bible is church membership? I get that there are constitutional needs and stuff like that. And, and if you're listening and you, you're, you know, you're going to school, you're like, what are you talking about? You, you, I'm probably getting a bit deep here, but these are just <laughs> some, they're just so many frustrations where we put rules in place where maybe we should have principles instead. Okay, with that in mind, let's look at the difference between the Old Testament and the New Testament. So of course, the Old Testament is very rules-centered. You know, there's 613 rules, and, and some of those could maybe be classed as principles, of course, but the New Testament is very different. There's a different way, isn't there, Sharia? Yeah, definitely. And as you can tell, me and Dave are passionate about this. Dave loves to to talk about this, and, and so do I. And uh, I think it's important to remember that there's someone else who is super passionate about this, and it's Jesus. So <laughs> yeah. I think it's always a good idea to go and see what he says about it. So I'll read a verse here. It's Matthew 22, verses 37 to 40. This is Jesus speaking. He said to him, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the greatest and most important command. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets depend on these two commands. Now, these are principles. Love. You know, when we are truly loving God and loving people well, the rest should fall into place. Now, I want to be clear. That doesn't mean there is no place for rules you know, a church with without rules or principles, without either, is really dangerous too, because essentially that gives people a free pass to sin against God and to think that that's okay. And that is really dangerous too. You know, there's another example of Jesus uh, sharing principles and rules at the same time in Matthew 19, when he talks to the rich young ruler. Uh, let me read part of that passage to you, starting at verse 16. Just then, someone came up and asked him, Teacher, what good must I do to have eternal life? Why do you ask me about what is good? He said to him. There is only one who is good. If you want to enter into life, keep the commandments. Which ones? He asked him. Jesus answered, Do not murder. 
Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Notice they're all rules there. And then he goes on. Honor your father and mother and love your neighbor as yourself. Suddenly two principles. There's a, there's a mixture of rules and principles in there. And of course the, the account goes on, but that's not maybe relevant to this conversation right now. Um, so we see that Jesus is someone who, he, he sees the value of both rules and principles. It's not that one is wrong and uh, the other is right. It's that they have to be in their rightful place. And if we get those mixed up, like we said earlier, then we run into dangerous territory. So maybe Shreya, let's paint a picture of what the church could look like, because we want to be clear, like we love the church. We're not just here to, to whine about what the church has become or how it's you know, just terrible or anything like that. We love the church and we're passionate about the church. We, give, we, we have chosen to give our lives to serve the church. We, we love it. But we think there are things that we could change as a people, not just as me and Sharia, but as a, a body of believers that could make the church look more like what we've been called to by God. So Sharia, with the time that we have left, I would love to share what I think the church could look like. And I know that you agree with me on this. If we get the rules in their rightful places and the principles in their rightful places and we get the right balance. Here's what I think the church could look like. I think it's a church that holds tradition loosely. You know, there's value in tradition, but sometimes culture moves past tradition and we don't change. And that's a problem. So we need to hold tradition loosely. Anything that's not a part of the Bible, we need to hold loosely, which reminds me that we need to hold tradition loosely, but hold the Bible tightly you know we have to be so firm on what the bible teaches and that sometimes helps us to stop being legalistic um, and it can sometimes uh, cause us to maybe reassess the way that we are we're living we have to make sure that that jesus is at the center of everything that we do whether it's personally or or as a church and we have to be humble enough to know that that we might be wrong you know maybe you are listening and maybe your mindset is wrong and you have to be humble enough to to change we have to be patient enough as well with people who don't agree with us that's a huge problem in our world today you know you might have a different view from us that's okay we can talk about that you can believe something different to us we can talk about that and we can uh, love people well and that doesn't mean compromising on biblical teaching that doesn't mean that we have to change our theological beliefs. We can love people well as an outworking of our faith. That Imagine a church that gets that balance right, that gets that line between rules and principles right. I want to be a part of that church. In fact, Sharia and I want to strive for the rest of our lives to build that church. We're passionate about that church. And I hope you are too. So we are on to the section of our podcast where we get to do something a little bit more fun, a little more lighthearted. And since we've been talking about rules versus principles, I thought it might be fun to read a list of silly or ridiculous laws that exist. So buckle up because they're kind of ridiculous. Can I start with one? I've got, I know one. Do you know one? Yeah. Okay, go ahead. Apparently, I don't know if this is even true anymore, but you can drive into Wales 
in the in the UK if you drive into Wales, but if you are English and you walk over the Welsh border, it's still legal for Welsh people to kill you with a bow and arrow. <laughs> and also, I've heard as well these might have been changed, but recent this is like we're talking in the last ten years that these laws were still around. Apparently, it's illegal to commit suicide on London Bridge. Oh, what are you going to do? You're going to go to prison for life? Like, <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Okay. Well, this first law is from Alaska, and the law is moose may not be viewed from an airplane. <laughs> I don't know what. How do wow. you regulate that? Why? Why can't you view a moose from an airplane? What was wrong with that? I don't know. I thought that one was kind of silly. That would be a serious mistake. Okay. Oh, boy. <laughs> that took you a really long time to get that. <laughs> okay. So in the state of Connecticut, it is illegal for a barber to hum a tune while cutting your hair. What? What? <laughs> so someone must have gone to the, the governing officials and said, look, this dude is so annoying. Can we make it illegal? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, sure. Like, gotta, there's got to be bribery in there, surely. I know. Some of these laws, you, you wonder with a history behind them like what happened that they felt they needed to make a law yeah they really needed a principle didn't they don't be a jerk <laughs> don't be annoying to your yeah. customers <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay um okay this one's a good one and probably my my favorite but just because it's so strange should okay. we make this the last one yeah this is the last one in kentucky one may not dye a duckling blue and offer it for sale unless more than six of them are on sale at once <laughs> That's so funny. Like, just think about the conversations so, that went on behind the scenes. If you have six ducklings that you want to sell, you can dye them blue and sell them, but you can't dye just one blue. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Imagine there must have been someone that was like, hey, buddy, uh, look, don't dye that duck blue. And he's like, yeah, but I'm dying six. And he's like, oh, so it's fine. okay. okay. <laughs> he's not alone. Yeah. Well, you don't want one duck to be sad. It's like, ugly. is know. it called the ugly duckling rule? I don't know. It doesn't have a title. It just says it's in Kentucky. <laughs> Ugly Duckling versus Kentucky. Oh, it's wow. Anyways. Interesting. So there are a few dumb laws for you. Um, if you know of any that are fun or funny, you should let us know what they are. Oh, yeah. Please do. That'd be so fun. Anyway, we should probably... We never know because we don't edit this as we go. Obviously, we kind of edit what is like an hour's worth of conversation into a shorter podcast, but we think we're probably getting close to time here. So yeah, probably. I think, and even in just explaining that, probably getting even closer <laughs> to time, but now you know. So have an amazing week. We will uh, see you next week to talk about New Testament church in the 21st century. 